Bueller, 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 Bueller. Good morning. Tip, tip of the cap to tip of the tip. Be- cat, just the cat, just cats. Cats, tip. cats, the cats. Tip. Tip of the cap. Terry Wilson. He's gonna throw. Conrad. Touchdown. Kentucky. Touchdown. Kentucky. <laughs> Victory. Kentucky. Like, give your fans what they want. You dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. Rubbish! There's buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeed. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable... What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Wacky Wednesday to you. It is a hump day edition of Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X. FM. Yeah, we're on FM and yeah, we're on AM. No big deal. 1450 on the AM side of things. TJ Walker, Nick Roush and Justin Kalen. Hope everybody's having a great start to their chilly morning. Old Nick Roush has his cap on. He's so cold. Uh, but it feels good. I mean, it, it is chilly when you're leaving the house today. Maybe maybe get yourself a jacket. But fall is here. This weather the last few days has just been amazing. Scooter, it has killed me not being able to get out on a golf course the last few days. I am kind of in the same boat. The days have been really, really nice. The nights are a little too cold for my liking. But, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, this is it's been great golf weather during the day for sure. Ooh, we got to get you a fire pit at your new place. I've got a fire. I've got yeah. a timeout. You all don't know my setup. I've got one of those electric ones indoors that gets the house hot as all get out, and we have a fire pit in the backyard. So really excited to have some some uh, what we call that campfires. Yeah, maybe more of like a bonfire. Yeah, bonfire. There you go. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think bonfire cranks up the scale a notch, right? Like, is that I mean, if it's in a small little pit and it's like three logs, is it technically a bonfire? I don't know. Well, it's a it's a big little it's it's a big pit. I mean, there, we're we're gonna have some big old fires in that. Trust me. Nice. I I consider just any sort of fire outside your home a bonfire, but if you're camping, any fire outside your tent is a campfire. True. Interesting. Yeah, I just, I, you're right. I, I, I just, I think of mine as in, in scale, like bonfire bigger than campfire. Interesting. Yeah. I, yeah. I I was more location driven. Hmm. Yeah, uh, for, I think for, you're right, TJ. Thank you. You can say that again. But no, there, this is this is. I, I don't really know what the electric heater you're talking. You're just talking about like you have a good HVAC. And- no, like one of those. You know those fireplaces that are electric that you just turn on with a remote. Yeah. I, I have one of those as well. Yeah. It's like an, an insert into your fireplace. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's I just see. electric, and it'll heat up. Uh, heat up. Uh, it heats up my main room pretty well, and help for that. Right, most of the first floor. Does it set the mood, Justin? I'm um, not real sure on that yet. 
Oh, yeah. but could you like? Is it pretty? Is it pretty to look at, or is yeah. it just tricky? Yeah, no, it's great. It's it's almost brand new. It was only installed a couple of years ago. So, and I know wow. the guy that installed it. I know he does quality work. Good friend of my dad. So, yeah, it, it looks great. We have a little electric fireplace. I'm a fan of just the real deal Holyfield fireplaces. If I have my preference now, the wife disagrees with me. She's like, they're stinky, they're messy, they're gross. Mm -hmm. This one you could just flick on and off. And we do use it very frequently in winter months. So much so that I actually think it kind of stopped working. I don't know what the deal was with it at the end of like last March. Um, So I don't know if we've tried it in seven, six months, however long it's been. Uh, But we, we use that bad boy all the time. Yeah. And, and, the old, uh, my, my last house had a wood burning, uh, fireplace and it, the problem was it was so small. It was so hard for like smoke to not get in your room and then it does get stinky. So, uh, we ended up not using it as much as I would have liked and getting more out of this one. Um, the, the one person I am really envious of, and I think it's too late for me to consider investing in, maybe that's something in the future. Uh, but it's uh, two blocks away, my buddy's parents. They have a wood-burning stove in their basement, and that's just how it keeps like the whole entire house warm throughout the winter, um, just by loading that bad boy up and throwing a few logs in there throughout the day. Like that That's pretty cool. It's old school, but it's its pretty darn cool. That's how my grandparents do it. That's oh, your, your, your opa and opi? No, the other side, my dad's parents. You gotta they've, got a, they've got a big old wood-burning stove. You got to mute the station account. Um, oh, good call. I, I love, we, by the house in St. Matthew's had a wood burning stove that I I regrettably did not use as much as I wish I did. I think I probably only used it two or three times. Uh, and we had a dead bird in there too, which was a Ooh, nice, a nice That'll just keep you warm. Mm-hmm. Yep. It was a big old crow. It was disgusting and uh, didn't really want to use it after I found that bad boy in there. Did you but, eat it? No, didn't eat it. I never have to eat crow. I'm always right. <laughs> always right. Hey, Scoots, I'm waking up this morning. I need you to tell me some good news here because I'm seeing that there was a $2 million Powerball ticket sold in New Albany at, wow. a, at a non-Thornton's gas station on West Main Street. So tell me the good news, big dog. I wish I could tell you it was me. God, what the I hell? It's not about we. What about the $1 million ticket in Laurel? Is that you? Where? Laurel, Indiana. Never heard of it. Okay. You've got to be the winner of the $100,000 in Greenwood. Mm, nope. Not me either. Jeez, there's that three, many lottery winners? There's three big winners in the Hoosier State, and you're telling me none of them are you this time? That's insane. Well, I always have said that if I win again, that nobody's going to know. So now you just got to wonder. Well, you'd, ha- you'd have to tell us. Yeah. Why it wasn't it wasn't my week for Powerball? If I went out and bought my own self a Powerball ticket and won, I wouldn't oh, have to share it with you guys. Oh, oh Scoots, oh. we would fill up a pillowcase full of bar of soaps and beat your ass if you did that. Here's the deal: you're you're technically right, except for you you'd have to pay out the lottery group. I mean, like I would with- I would I'd pay you all back what you've spent in since I've been in. Yeah, you. Oh can my god, suck it. <laughs> I'd say at minimum. At minimum, 50K to everybody in the lottery group. You really should probably double that bad boy. I Yeah, I would. Realistically, if that ever happened, I'd give you all 100 for sure. 
Yeah, that that's the, you know I made one hundred twenty five for this segment here today. <laughs> you bump it up another twenty five thousand. You're pushing it. We're about to go back down to fifty. I just wish so badly you would have been that winner. And Same. also, I, I should have figured when I saw the gas station and it wasn't Thornton's. You're, you're going to see Scooter just like Roush and myself posted up in Thornton's most yeah. mornings. Uh, Thornton's near you. We usually hang out, drink some coffee. We go through the bakery selection, look at their wide willies, their donuts. They've got so many great fresh options. And then after we polish off a, a really just one donut because they're so big, that's all that we can take down, we feel obligated to go have some fresh fruit. And they've got a great fruit selection at Thornton's. And it, it gets you, if you haven't been in the Thornton's in the morning, go ahead and, and do it. It kind of gets you woken up. It makes you feel a part of the blue collar community, like you're, 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 contributing to society you're heading into the office you see a bunch of people just like you in there and it's kind of like a club for adults at 6 45 in the morning that everybody mm-hmm. kind of wants to be somewhere else but in that unity you feel together you feel yeah. it, it's a special experience did you pop in one this morning roush uh, i actually didn't i'm saving my thorn stop for this afternoon gotcha. uh, or after the show i should say um i do like to they've got some fall bakery items just kind of change things up a little bit really really looking forward to sampling those but that's the problem though is i, I like wide willie so much it's hard for me to get away you know you like what you like mm-hmm. yeah yeah i understand that uh, so check them out shout out to kelly leonardo and alex cupper text on into the thornton's text line 502-414-1450 i was taking care of a few things this morning so wasn't able to send over the text from yesterday uh how we look no worries looking, there was only two to send over. You you done pretty good yesterday. Sent the majority of them over. Okay, so not as many after uh, 6 p.m. last unless, night. Unless unless they did it during the Rutherford show again. And as you know, I don't go through the Rutherford text. Uh, I, I was at, gosh, my days up until Friday, super busy. That's part of the reason I can't golf and I'm not complaining. It makes the days go by a little bit faster. But it really is like a, a strict 7 to 5 work schedule for me. These days, so I did see a few during the Rutherford show that I did send over, but then after after five, I, I have no idea. Uh, I'm looking at it now and realizing Trevor responded back to several people per usual. No thoughts and prayers to those people. They they did have a great radio topic. They had to go to five thirty yesterday, so they're like I, I think their two hour shows are done for the most part, with maybe few exceptions. And of course, we're talking about the Mike Rutherford show sometimes people may think it's the trevor kelsey show but make no mistake it actually is titled the mike rutherford show that's three to six monday through friday but for uh the last couple months they were having not always but a lot of shorter shows now i think they're back to uh at least two and a half hour shows or three hour shows every day anyways point being they're they're off the two hour window so they had to think of something to talk about because you can only talk about their football team so much uh, mm-hmm. And certainly their basketball team in the season hasn't even started yet. Scoots, he continues just to take shots at you, which I think is totally unappreciated Unappreciated in your bet with Eastern Michigan. Um, he said he saw your check at the studio, and he was just going to take it and put it as a down payment because he's so sure that he's going to win. But in their 30 minutes trying to figure out how they were going to fill more airtime, they brought up Rolling Stone's list of top 100 TV shows. And I haven't I- looked at it, but I bet it is uh... – I bet it's a doozy. Yeah, Rolling Stones, unfortunately, does have a history lately of a lot of mumbo-jumbo. Um, yeah. I yeah. don't think their list was, like, terrible, terrible. Trevor started crying on air. It was ugly. 
he was having a total total meltdown when regard with regards to the list. Yeah, obviously they got plenty of it wrong, but um, they had a lot of good good ones high up. So at the end of the day, I don't, I don't think you can make too big of a deal about it. Saw that Friday Night Lights the um, the TV show made that, and it just eh, eh, it was a lot of credibility with me on that one. Oh, you so. weren't a big fan of it. I couldn't get, like make it through an episode. It was so bad. It just is that the I, one on like NBC? Yeah, yeah. And people like get really mad about it, but like it was just so over the top, and it's what it was trying to do. I couldn't handle it, and it's because it was a. It's I mean, it's a teenager soap opera, and I just have never been into those shows. You know, like whether it's Pretty Little Liars or Secret Life of American Pregnant Girl or. Um, not the notebook, but uh, gossip girls. Like those are all the same show. Like they just they just tried to disguise this one with football in Texas. Uh, you I sure see. do know a lot of them. A lot of them for not liking them. Yeah, I know. That's like it. it uh, I hate how much I don't like. The, like it like gets me fired up just thinking about how much I don't like them. And it shouldn't bother me that much. This one just bothers me because the movie is so great, and uh, this one just. It's just like so. If you if you want to have a criticism of the movie, you're like, okay, the the guy who plays Booby is a little over the top. They're like, I don't want to play football anymore. Like that that scenes can maybe be a bit much. And that whole movie, at times, you're just like, okay, this is a little over the top. It's like that in the first five minutes of that show. It is just so bad. I can't. I can't. I oh, I I even tried to like do a mea culpa with it. But I mean, I made it one episode. I was just like, "This is just garbage, hot garbage." Can't can't get me to watch. So, how do you really feel about it, though? If nobody else was here, it was just us. What? How would? What would you really? It's say it's, about it's it? honestly the biggest strain in Tyler Thompson and I's relationship. She's going to be listening to this on podcast and just be like, "Oh no, I don't know if we can work together anymore now, Ralph." She, uh, Ralph, uh, this just seems like something. This seems like something you would say if you liked those shows and didn't want people to know that. That's a good point. Mm, that is a good point. Don't but... protest too much situation. Uh, yeah, you, you and Tyler don't disagree on much. So this is uh, this is the breaking news here. Yeah, can't can't stand that stupid show. Uh, I was going to ask what what is your all's most guilty pleasure show that you all probably watched? Not that you're watching, <laughs> that you have watched where you're like, all right, I, I wouldn't do that again. I've got a good one, but I I admittedly would do it again. And you all, y'all are gonna laugh, but I was. This was actually Indiana Girl when we were dating. We would watch this together, and I got oh, really in, got the really Hoosier? into it. The Hoosier Girl, yeah, the Hoosier Girl. Yeah, this is the Indiana, the famous one in the music video. So Dustin's only only dated uh, viral YouTube stars. <laughs> when we dated, we watched the whole series. God, this is embarrassing. Desperate Housewives. Oh, okay, that is embarrassing. But I mean, if you were twenty, you want you you like your older ladies. That's um, true. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have watched it, but you know, good for you, Scoots. Mine would probably be One Tree Hill, but they do a good job of like getting guys into that show because they do have sports. They had you know they had broadcasters and and stuff like that. Uh, that's a yeah. That's the teenage soap opera genre, though. I definitely wouldn't go back and watch it again. There's even times as like a 16 year old, I was like, this acting is just hard to watch. So I can't imagine what I think now about it. Uh, nearly double that that age, but uh, that would be mine. I think 
we watch we currently watch all the little like baking championship shows for the holiday season so right now we're on those halloween baking championship show that's a good time uh that's kind of a cheesy thing to watch but yeah what yeah i'm like that with um so I don't like many of the home improvement shows that I like, but I like the the Good Bones show. They're in Indianapolis. Uh, it's a redhead girl and her mom. I'm a, yeah, I like that show. That's probably yeah. the closest thing I have to that now. When I was younger, uh, and I bet you can understand why I like this show, uh, Nip Tuck was a show that I watched quite a bit of uh, uh, back in the day. Yeah, okay. Uh, I've never seen it, but I've heard things about it. Yeah, explain more why we know why you would like it. Well, it was going through puberty, and it was about a plastic surgeon. So, you know, a lot of good-looking women. Got to see boobs? Yeah, but see, it was was on FX, so you didn't get to see actual boob. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Got it. All right, okay. Um, I I feel like I I, I love her. I'm hoping maybe she's still asleep, although I'm guessing she's probably not. Uh, I feel like my wife watches just the worst collection of TV shows known to humankind. Oh, man. It's like Kardashians. It's Housewives. It's just oh. like how much. Oh, she does all of those. Oh, yeah. God. She doesn't do like Bachelor, Bachelorette or like Love Island or stuff like that. But the 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 reality like altercation shows of rich people, she's that, all about it. That's really bad TV. It is. Um, yeah. My, the one that like. I end up watching more than I, and it's it's so stupid. It's uh the the Virgin River show on Netflix, and I it's another oh, that, that sounds horrible. Yeah, I've never even heard of it, and that sounds bad. Virgin River show is it a river full of virgins? Nope, nope. They're um oh okay. The real answer to this question though is I watched This Is Us with my wife, and oh I, yeah, which you've like t- you've, t- you've talked about that. Supposedly they do have some good episodes. Yeah, how many it, times it, have you cried? Oh, never. Maybe like maybe got close once, maybe. But that was one of those shows too. I think I skipped like one of the final entire seasons because it just got it got that was a like two or three season show and that was all it needed to be. It got really bad. But the Virgin River though, it's so funny because it's it's I, I thought of that because the main character is from This Is Us and she was just too caught up in that fast LA lifestyle and she needed to get away. So she moved to this small town and it's like in Wyoming. Like, of course, everybody there is good looking and muscular, but like they've got so and so's got a drinking problem, but they've got they're having kids with their other their exes. But I mean, it's just it's so stupid. It's just the stupidest stupid. Uh, I just, uh, uh, I'm like one episode I walked into recently was I'm throwing a surprise wedding for my sister. And it's like, what? That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. A surprise wedding? You idiots. Like, uh, no, oh, that's not- every little girl wants their wedding to have them have no say in. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! I'm just kidding. Uh, those are but uh, good shows though. I did I did watch the new Game of Thrones yesterday. That's I so it was funny. I used to prom, like before the season started. I was like, we'll record a podcast by Tuesday afternoon at lunch, and like now Tuesday at lunch is when I actually watch them all. Um, Man, they had a good thing going and uh, really, really maybe jumped uh, too far ahead on their time jump this time around. Well, you, they didn't just do it with you. That was everybody got that that far ahead on the time jump. Um, no, I, I was going to ask you what you thought about that. That's that's everybody's hot takes on on the most recent episode. 
is and I think it's them. it's mostly just because it it went from like okay let's see where this play out and then they just jumped ahead played it out and it was very dark like and and so you know whenever you have any of those unsettling dark like people are going to kind of push back it's just an our natural uh way <laughs> you know we just kind of eh. um however like I, I still think it's going to be a really good show I just it's like oh we you you just they they just skipped ahead on a lot of things that I thought there was a little more meat to if you will yeah for sure they I I agree I, I wasn't crazy about it and it just feels like and they and they talked about the producers and all the the show writers and blah blah blah. They're like, this was basically just redoing a new pilot. This this most mm-hmm. recent episode, and I totally believe it and I buy it. And honestly, I think their biggest issue was just the first what six episodes, five episodes, however many episodes they're at now. Uh, the, the 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 ones besides this most recent one, I think were just so good mm-hmm. that they, they didn't really anticipate that people were going to kind of enjoy those characters as fastly as they did and not want things to be switched up on everybody as quickly as it was. But I do think like, all right, this will, this will be fine too. It just feels like the goalposts were moved a little bit on what we thought. Now we knew that there was going to be time jumps and stuff like that. It's just pretty good storyline going on. We join everything. She wore the old green dress. Everybody's pumped up about it. And then the next thing you get are just brand new actresses and uh, like a whole new cast of people that we need to figure out who they are and why they matter. But I do like the, uh, the, the new actresses, the, the leads. Like I think, I think especially Allison's is like, she totally is uh, giving me the Cersei Lannister queen mother vibes, you know? Yeah. Also, that like the the guy who did the the kind of I don't I'm trying to yeah yeah oh, or the the maester who's her pal he's he's the next little finger right absolutely yeah so, so they're kind of his name is Varys uh, he's a strong right he, he yeah he is that was, a that was his brother and his dad that yeah uh, yeah um, also man. I was a very big fan of Damon's wife so oh yeah just well, don't like you yeah. 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 Uh, all right. They so I wanted to uh, this Rolling Stones list again. Just wanted to give the top ten very briefly. Uh, they did have the Americans at fourteen and Veep at thirteen. The original Twilight Zone at twelve. Succession at eleven. I agree with pretty much all those uh, and love those shows. A texter said, or not a texter. The Rolling Stones <laughs> says, number ten is the Mary Tyler Moore show, which never saw it. Number nine, Atlanta. I've never seen it. Uh, eight, Cheers. Again, that was before my time, but I know people Great show. Were, were bonkers about it. Number seven, Mad Men. Mad Men. Mad Men can just get the hell out. I've, that's one of those that like I think I would like, but it's very um, slow. It's very slow. I tried. Tried a couple different times to get into it. Couldn't do it. But the not great Bob, Jeff, uh, at least we'll always have that. Number six, Seinfeld, which great yeah number five fleabag which never watched it but yeah i just can't yeah british tv shows just aren't it's not always for me uh the wire number four i i I just need to like that should have been something i watched during the pandemic so i don't know we're about to be doing baby duty and so I, I have a feeling we'll have a lot of free time to watch TV. Don't know if the wire is good to burn through <laughs> shows like that. But like my friends, they watched all of that. Uh, what's the cowboy show that everybody likes right now? Yellowstone. 
Yeah, the, my, my friends who have a newborn, they, they watched all of that. I still uh, haven't seen Yellowstone. Number three was Breaking Bad, which I, I appreciate seeing it high on the list. I do think The Americans was a better show, uh, but it did get Trevor on probably his most accurate take he's maybe ever had on radio, where he was just like, can we talk about how awesome FX is at like with a, a just small percentage of the budget that some of like HBO and Showtime and some of these other places have, and they just put out banger after banger. Totally agree. FX mm-hmm. has it going on. Uh, yeah. Number two is The Simpsons, which like I get what? it from a classical standpoint. Like The Simpsons was a game changer, but Simpsons isn't even the best cartoon. No. So yeah, well, and we also completely missed its prime. So I don't. I don't know. It's but I, I'm I'm with you though. I can it's, appreciate it's, The Simpsons, like, and I think they have good episodes, and even some of the older ones that got them so popular. I get why people like them. I think they're good. I just it it doesn't hold a candle to South Park. Now you could make a case South Park wouldn't be around without The Simpsons, and maybe there would be truth to that. But and again, Simpsons been running for how long? You know, started like, in 1989. So it's doing something right, obviously. Jeez. But yeah, number two overall, give me a break. And then number one. Reluctant to say I haven't seen this because I should, but The mm-hmm. Sopranos. Yeah. Just one of those shows where I just haven't, like, it's super long. You know it's a commitment, and I just haven't really set the time out for it yet. I'm sure someday I probably will. But that's the Rolling Stones top ten list. They ranked one through a hundred. So if any point you just want a number, uh, let me know. I can I can tell you. But uh, that's our first segment. I didn't really anticipate it going this long, but we talked about some other things. We need to get into some sports in segment number two. We've got oh, injury yeah. updates. We've got Oxford updates. We've got college football. We've got a lot to get to. And uh, maybe a little basketball recruiting at some point today. But as always, we want to hear from you on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big Export Radio. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess it's obvious. I also like to write. All you had to do was give Humpty a chance, and now I'm gonna do my dance. The Humpty dance is your chance to do the hump. Come on, yeah, sexy baby, do the hump. Come on, uh, I'll do the Humpty hump. Sexy baby, everybody, come on and do the hump. Ask me about Kentucky Roll Call. I feel like this song played on our show too much. Yeah, is it in multiple rejoins or just one? It seems like it must be in six of them. I I think it's only in just the one, but I play it more than I should. And every time I play it, I'm like, gosh dang it, it's this one again. And I don't even dislike the song. Like I, you know, it's 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 a song's fine. I've I've never had anything against it. I just I feel like we've got we've got better juice. Absolutely, I agree with that. My fault. I pushed the wrong button. My bad. It hey, is uh, it is amusing, it. though, how like you have these... You can have upbeat songs like musically, but just have like the saddest words. And I guess it's not that sad, but it's like like the chorus that hits for everybody to get all hyped is like talking about some somebody young dying. Like, what? Huh. Yeah. 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 Well, welcome back. Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen, Wednesday edition of the show. We want to hear from you on the Thornton's text line, whatever is crossing your mind, whatever you're thinking about, whatever you want to know, go ahead and text it on in 
we read every text. That's a little. That's the that's the KRC difference. Uh, we, in all seriousness, we do want to. We know we've got listeners in Florida. We're thinking about you all. We hope uh, we've got nobody in the direct line of Hurricane Ian, which I think is churning up to a Category Five as we mm, speak. Yeah, not great. And just south of Tampa, looks like it's going to be where it makes landfall. So uh, that's a incredibly populated area. I, I'm I'm not a Florida geography expert, but I know the Tampa area. It's spread out. There's a lot of nice real estate down there. A lot of nice places to live and. Um, thinking about you all hopefully a lot of you folks got out if they said you needed to and if you're hunkering down then uh, be safe so we're thinking about you all as it uh approaches landfall what later today i believe yeah or tomorrow maybe but yeah uh, later this afternoon basically gonna cut florida just in half it's it's gonna go it's gonna make landfall and then it's gonna eventually make its way over to the atlantic coast and then maybe it could potentially re-strengthen you never really know uh, and then it could go up the Atlantic coast a little bit, but it's going to go right through the the middle of central Florida and uh, make its way up Northeast and, and get to the Atlantic side. So hopefully once it makes landfall, it's not nearly as, as severe, but you never know with hurricanes. So thinking about folks well, down there, we know we've got listeners. Couple hurricane stats for you all. Did you know a hurricane has not hit Tampa directly since 1921? Wow. I so, guess because it is, it does kind of get shielded. You would think, right? So that, yeah, yeah. Huh. This one's headed straight for it. Also, the letter I has the most retired Atlantic hurricane names. Really? What so are might, some of the might other add ones? E into that? Ivan. That's that's one I can recall. Ivan. Can you, yep. Ivan was one of them. Can you, you recall had, like, any more? There was an iota, which I don't have any iota. What that is, but <laughs> good one, Scoots. Um. Yeah, I can't think of any. Well, I wonder if this one would be considered hitting Tampa directly because it looks like it's going to be south of the Tampa. Yeah, that stat was for like Tampa, Saint Petersburg. So if it makes direct contact with either of those, okay. That's but yeah, one. I agree. It does look like it's going to go south of Tampa. Over a hundred years of history on the line there, so uh, will be interesting to see. All right, text on into the Thornton sex line five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. And Roush, we we know what UK most likely is going to look like on Saturday down in Oxford. We maybe have a better idea of what Ole Miss is going to look like, and the Rebels they're they're banged up themselves. Yeah, they're the one. It's just you know Lane Kiffin. He's saying less than Stoops is when it comes to injuries. So you're just having to rely on uh, scuttlebutt guys on message boards. And I'm curious what they're going to be saying tomorrow, uh, because they do they do have some key injuries. Zach Evans had a hit pointer uh, last game went out. He's their superstar running back. Uh, Ulysses uh, Ulysses Bentley, who was at SMU last year, transferred in. Yeah, and which by the way, Evans TCU transfer. You'll notice the theme here: a lot of transfers. Um, but Bentley, uh, he's almost certainly out. Um, uh, I think you can go ahead and check him off the board. Um, they also had a starting center. He twisted his knee up, and they had snapping issues in the second half without him in it. So that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, Kari Coleman is their best tackle for Alaska. He's banged up as well. Um, I, Evans is one of those where you, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing conflicting things where 
one person's more optimistic than the other. The other one's just guessing that he's out. So that, that'll probably end up being a game time decision. But uh, yeah, it's Kentucky is not alone in, in injuries, right? Right. Everybody's kind of dealing with them in some aspect, one way or the other, four games into the season. Yeah, I know they had an insider that said uh, on 24-7's website saying that if he had to guess, Bentley and Evans would not play on Saturday. So, yeah, it's it's nothing official, but um, seems like they, they're going to have some key players that may, may not go. If they can go, will they be 100%? So, we, we do always, and understandably so, as a U.K. sports radio show, we focus on the U.K. side of things. But it's worth remembering, other teams, they deal with their own injuries. They've got their own hiccups. Um, Ole Miss's center, what was his name? Uh, man, I, I I don't know. I just know. Uh, Warren, Caleb Warren. Wow, I don't know how that came to me. Jeez. It's amazing. You're on fire. Uh, he's supposed, you know, he's questionable, doubtful, may not play. That could be, a, and Ole Miss fans have already been a little disappointed and frustrated with their offensive line play. So that could be good news for UK's front seven. Um, so a lot of stuff to, to watch on Ole Miss's side of, of injury reports heading into this game. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I'm, uh, I don't know. I maybe I've got my blue glasses on, but I just, my confidence is growing as we get closer to this game. Why is that? Is that because stuff coming out of Oxford or just more, you, you get a sense of confidence from UK or you just think it's a good matchup for UK? Is it, is it any inside information driven gut feeling no. or you're just liking the way the X's and the O's line up? I, I think it's a lot of the latter, and also the more I look at it, like there's not, there's not a whole lot that I, I try to play out like possible scenarios, TJ. Of like, so here's how this game could go down. You generally like when we'll make predictions, you'll say one thing. That's usually like one of like five or six scenarios that could happen. In a lot of these instances. You're, you you worry about the other team's best player just going the hell off, right? Like, Anthony Richardson, you had that factor there where that was really my only and biggest worry was, you know, I think Kentucky's just better at almost everything, but Anthony Richardson could just be awesome and just beat Kentucky by himself. Like, he has that capability. He has that capacity um, and that ceiling to be able to do that. Um, in this case... Ole Miss has to bust a lot of big plays in the run game, which I think is possible because you don't know how much Ty Asian is going to play, uh, and they ask a lot of of those safeties to help run support, right? Jordan Lovett um, and Zion Childress, if Asian's out. Uh, he, he had a cast on his hand, practiced last week, but did not play. So th that's that, that's a way they can do it, right? You get a lot of misdirection. The tempo ends up getting them. And then you need the offense to show up, and you know they, they just don't for whatever reason. Maybe they try to lean too much into Chris Rodriguez. Uh, maybe Will Levis just has a bunch of turnovers. But the thing is, is there's just so much more known quantities for this Kentucky football team than this Ole Miss one. I mentioned the transfers earlier. They have they have a, a million, right? Like that's that is their team. Um, all of their offensive skill players are transfers. From Jordan Watkins at Louisville, who we know well, Michael Trigg at USC is the tight end, who's uh, pretty damn good. 
the receivers, they're getting a guy back who is a UCF wide receiver. Um, he, the, the running back, uh, their quarterback, right? But their quarterback, it, I can just see a scenario where Kentucky's pretty darn good at stopping the run. Uh, they they showed that much against Florida. The guy who's playing a big role in stopping that run is a former Ole Miss player who's going to want to go down there and get a win. Uh, and if you make this a game between which quarterback's going to beat you, I like Kentucky's quarterback. Jackson Dart, this is the biggest game he's ever played in his career. He 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 got some mop-up duty at USC after their coach got fired, and he's played a bunch of bad teams in front of nobody um, so far through three games at Ole Miss. I just oh, – wow. Yeah. Like there's just a lot more known quantities that you have on this Kentucky football team right now than you do with Ole Miss, and so I'm I'm going to trust that known quantity who's playing an underdog role, and even though it's not a home field, like they don't have home field advantage, I actually do think that they kind of the the crowd. It's going there's going to be so many Kentucky fans there um, that not only will they feed off of the hate of playing an opposing road stadium, but I think they're also going to get some energy from their own fans. So I just I, – I really just got a good sense of confidence um, uh, about this team going into this game. Good. I like hearing it. All that makes sense to me. It checks out. Uh, I think if this game were on a neutral field, UK fans would have the expectation of winning it. If it were in, in Cro- at Kroger Field, there would be the expectation to win it. Um it's on the road and road games in the sec are tough. People can understand that and realize it, but even with, if Kentucky can go win in the swamp, I think a lot of people think that they can go and, and beat this Ole Miss team on the road. And uh, I agree. I don't know who's better between Ole Miss and Florida necessarily. I bet it'd probably be a pretty solid game if they were to play one another. Uh, but if Kentucky can do it in the swamp, they can do it. They can do it in Oxford. And, I, I, I've mentioned it. I've talked about it. I, it's not just because I, I'm part of it, but I really think it's going to be 20,000-plus UK fans down in Oxford, um, and, and maybe even more than that, and maybe more than that with you know some folks not necessarily going inside to the game. Uh, it, it's going to be chaotic Saturday morning in northern Mississippi. You, they're doing their homecoming, which, fine, uh, they're also not opening the, – they, they don't open the gates up till two hours before, but they're saying that that may kind of have some issues because um, it's going to be 9 a.m. and, like, <laughs> people kind of be running behind and stuff like that. So then if they don't let, start letting people in until a little bit after 9, then that could, you know, could be a log jam with the game being 11. So they're basically saying, hey, if you're going to be in Oxford, just get to wherever you're going super early because it is going to be a ton of people. Traffic's going to be a major issue as well. But I don't think people quite understand how many UK fans are going to be down there, Roush. Yeah, I, I don't think they they do either. It's It's going to be a party, a Grove Street party, if you will. A Grove Grove party. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I wanted to bring up something from practice yesterday, TJ, because I can't tell if it's gamesmanship or not. So Ole Miss, their base defense is uh, like they they play a dime package all the time. Six DBs on the field at any given moment. It, essentially, like that that those are light boxes. You should be able to run against that. 
I'm not sure if Ole Miss is going to try to sell out and do a bunch of aggressive blitzes and all that sort of thing like that many other teams have done before. You know, like basically at this point, everybody's just trying to sell out to get Kentucky, um, to confuse their offensive line and try to create negative plays because that it's it's been pretty effective at, at busting up drops. Well, yesterday, Rich Kangarello was like, oh, no, we, we love when teams blitz us. Like, bring it on. Like, if that protection holds, we're going to make big plays. So is he... Is he is this gamesmanship? Is he daring Ole Miss to blitz him? Does he really like when they blitz them? Um, let us echo that sentiment because I mean, all three, uh, like all their big plays, were kind of against the blitz last week. But I can't tell if he's saying that to try to dare Ole Miss into it, or if he actually is like being forthright. I I, I don't I don't know what Rich Scangarello's angle is in those comments. Yeah, it, it's it's probably a little gamesmanship. I think that he's probably being sincere. If a team is going to blitz you and that's going to be their game plan is to be aggressive and get up on you, they're probably going to be successful in doing that to some degree. They'll probably get some sacks. They'll get some hurries on you. But if you're a confident offense that believes in the pieces you have, yeah, you may take a sack and you may take a couple hits, but you could also have the mindset that like you're also get, you're playing with fire defense and yeah you may get us one time you may get us two times you could get us three times but all we need is that one where you don't get us and we get you and it's seven points yeah. because the way UK football in previous years under Mark Stoops before Liam Cohen joined the fold and then obviously handed the keys off to Scangarello, it was run-oriented where, hey, you could blitz, you could do whatever you wanted, but Kentucky was just going to grind you down and wear you down, and we're just going to move the first down markers until we eventually got some points out of it. That's a little different than if a team is blitzing you and you don't really have so much of an answer for it, and uh, you're getting sacked, you're getting sacked, you're getting sacked. All you still need, though, is that one big play. So it's a little bit yeah. different than what UK fans are used to. No. I, bet he, I bet he's being sincere, being like, hey, come after us. That's fine. We'll probably have some tackles for a loss. You'll get to Will Levis here and there. But if one of your defender on any given one of those plays makes a mistake, you're going to pay for it. And you're going to pay for it with a ginormous back-breaking play. Yeah, yeah. It, it's – we we talked about it uh, earlier this week, kind of retraining your brain. And Kentucky has the dudes that can just at any given moment uh, bust a big one. So I'm uh, I'm excited. I'm I'm excited for this game because I, I don't think it's going to happen all the time. Scoots like I don't I don't think Barry on Brown's just going to be running by guys on a consistent basis. But I kind of think he will at least once or twice, right? Like, I I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe this is just the midweek uh, confidence getting to me. But I, I just really, really like what Kentucky's offense can do, particularly um, in that play-action pass game that we just we haven't seen a ton of um, so far this year. Just get Chris Rodriguez going a little bit, and they're going to have to honor that play-action pass game. Does Ole Miss struggling last weekend give you all more confidence? Is that where some of it may be coming from? No, I don't think anything they did in the first three weeks, unless they lost, would have changed my opinion of them. And it's and and partially it's because I'm kind of I don't want to say taking the bait, but Wayne Kiffin's been sandbagging his team since SEC Media Days uh, because there's so many unknowns with them bringing in 18 guys from the transfer portal, many of which are now starters. So I, I've been 
the opposite of bullish. I've been bearish on this team kind of from the jump um, and knew they would do well running the ball. Um, but that's the thing. I mean, they've only attempted 25 passes a game. And in a lot of those instances, that was splitting reps between Jackson Dart and Luke Altmaier, who had to fill in when Matt Corral got hurt in the bowl game. So, like, the quarterbacks are very, very untested. Uh, Kentucky's got a pretty darn good rush defense. So, if you make if you just make them throw it all, um, like we saw with Northern Illinois, right? Like, anytime they got into any sort of third and long situations, they were screwed. So, put make Ole Miss do that, and I, I think it could be a long day for, for Lane Kiffin. Oh, hey, Lucy. She agrees. Those are good great, points. Great and take. Tough, tough to argue with that. Uh, I'll say any update on how Jordan Watkins is doing this year, Roush? Ooh, uh, he, not good. Um, he he muffed two punts and got pulled in the last game. Um, oh, yeah. that's not good. He's got six catches for 69 yards on the year. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which it is kind of uh, ironic that he was bringing up the whole blocking thing team, and now he plays for a team that receivers do a lot of blocking. Um, but, you know, they don't have all like, – the only person they're actively trying to really get target is that tight end, Michael Trigg, who UK – I remember Vince Merrill recruiting a little bit from Tampa, um, who we mentioned earlier in the show. That was a, a big-time uh, recruit for UK. Yeah, yeah, real big one, but he ended up – Initially going to USC and then transferring out. So, uh, uh, but that, that's the thing. Watkins is a fine, like, second or third receiver for them. I, I, the way that he, I, I couldn't tell if, like, Lane was trying to just chalk it up as something was off with Jordan in the last game. And that's why he was muffing punts. So I think they're going to give him another shot, but I'm not sure. Uh, one guy who's still there, uh, do you remember Mingo? John, uh, I, Mingo is still there, the big wide receiver. Um, but DK Metcalf and Elijah Moore, I can confirm that them and AJ Brown not walking through that door. Okay. Uh, a lot of good information from Nick Roush regarding Ole Miss and the game on Saturday. Two top 15 teams. One will remain undefeated for the season and obviously in conference play. So exciting stuff. A lot on the line. There's a little part of me that with, and UK's defense is really good. I'm not taking anything away. But it's normally that zone coverage. We're not going to give up any big plays. We'll give up the five-yard routes, basically daring the quarterback to be consistent and accurate and patient for a 60-minute game. And it's really tough for college quarterbacks to do that. So eventually somebody on UK's defense capitalizes off, off the offense, trying to be overzealous or try to do a little bit too much. I do get a little concerned because, one, we've seen it before in an Ole Miss-Kentucky game. But, two, Lane Kiffin's just a – he's a smart, smart coach. He, he's, he, he knows how to work defenses, um, especially I think he knows where holes are going to be in zone coverages. Does that work? Do you feel like Ole Miss has an offensive versus defense advantage on Saturday? No, no. Just from a – because like Wayne Kiffin, he, he he has a quarter like he has to basically put his quarterback in perfect situations, and he can. Like he's a smart enough coach to do it, but I just think hey, this guy is so limited um, in his capabilities. And Kiffin said as much out there, so that that's why I'm not you know like yes, he's a very good coach. 
but you can only do so much. So, like, to a degree, I think he can set some things up that could maybe leave Kentucky exposed. But, yeah, I I, I think this this, this defense, in, entering the season, I, I might have said yes, TJ, but this defense has shown me a lot in the first month, uh, particularly at cornerback play, where, like, some of those times it can be mistakes because you just, you've been inexperienced, you haven't seen anything. Maybe he's able to, to sucker in uh, uh, an overly aggressive safety after they've been playing the run a lot. So okay, Th- that that's probably if you're if you're w- looking for your worst fear, it's that they will just lull Kentucky to sleep for a deep shot and they they get the safeties. But I'm sure that Brad White is preaching the hell out of that. So I I don't know. I, yeah, I, it really I, is strength on strength, which is pretty exciting to mm-hmm. see. But like you know, he he's just he's been a college coach. He's gone against the best of the best. He's coached with the best of the best. Like he's gonna know where the openings are on UK's defense is if UK is doing its kind of soft coverage. He's gonna know. Now he can't throw the ball for his quarterback. He can't catch the ball for Jordan Watkins. I'm just saying. I I think there's gonna be some frustrating third down conversions for Ole Miss. I think ultimately, I feel good about the game as well, Roush. And your op- your optimism makes me feel even better about it. But I just like the matchup for UK. I don't care where the game's being played. I actually think you can make a case that with it being on the road and the circumstances and it being an early start, UK fans are going to bring the juice. And you're right that the pl- players are going to feed off that. I just think there's going to be some frustrating third-down conversions. I think Ole Miss will hit on a couple big plays or like a silly, goofy trick play, because those are the thing Lane Kiffin does. Mm-hmm. But I, I just think UK's defense, I'm, I'm talking maybe more to myself as a fan, but like I think I think patience will pay off. Ultimately, Ole Miss isn't, it, it can't make enough big plays. But I do think they're going to have some success, and I think they're going to score some points against UK. And we've seen this UK team allow the opposing team have a, a good scripted first drive to start a game like mm-hmm. you know yeah. It, yeah. It, it can work against Kentucky now UK does a great job adjusting that's credit to the coaches I think um and the players obviously but I, I think you're going to see some old Miss success offensively it could get frustrating at times I could even see UK getting down a little bit but I think just don't panic and I and I think the cream rises to the, well, to the top for the cats and, and for me the reason why I'm I, I just don't think very highly of Jackson Dart and after watching, like, Wayne reminds me a lot of watching uh, old Uncle Jeff, uh, especially in the way that they call their shots. Um, they do it different stylistically. And, like, Jeff's going to throw the ball no matter what. Whereas, like, Wayne, he's adjusted for being a pass. They, they were, like, one of the best passing offenses last year. Now they're one of the best r- or, uh, pa- or rushing offenses in the country. But I think a lot of it is contingent upon his passer. and. Uh, I've seen the difference between those teams with with old Uncle Jeff, and I I think that's why they're so run heavy this year too, is because he just doesn't think he thinks so little of his quarterback. So big old suck it to Jackson Dart. That's that's mostly what I'm saying. Big old yeah, suck it to to Dart. And we and if you don't have a quarterback up to snuff against a Mark Stoops defense, they can make them look really silly. They they can. They can create a, co- a quarterback controversy with a lot of teams. They have done it with a lot of teams. Uh, and hopefully Dart 
gives gives the opportunity or, or I guess plays into UK's hands and Ole Miss fans are frustrated with their quarterback play because we've seen it happen time and time again with Mark Soup's defenses. I can just see the scenario where they're doing that. They're RPO in Kentucky to death. And then Jacquez Jones sees it coming and Dart takes the bait and tries to throw it over the middle. And he just runs right into the passing lane for interception. Like, I, I, I can just see this. I can visualize it in my brain. And it, it feels like, I just, I just really trust this experience, Kentucky defense. Love it. Love your optimism. Love your, your confidence in them. It's, I think it's well founded. Uh, Lane Kiffin did have some comments about his former Rebels, Kedron Smith and Jacquez Jones. Maybe when we come back in hour number two, we'll tell you what he had to say. Uh, nothing really earth shattering there. But ooh, who has the advantage there? They know what they can do. They know the old old Miss uh, coaching staff. It's ooh. Probably, probably meaningless. All right, hour number two coming up next. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big Exports Radio. TJ Walker. Okay. Don't go anywhere. I spoke two joints in the morning. I spoke two joints at night. I spoke two joints in the afternoon. It makes me feel all right. I spoke two joints in time of peace and two in time of war. I spoke two joints before I spoke two joints. Over? You say over? I ain't heard no family! Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is! With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. Okay. Nick Roush and Justin Kalen on your Wednesday. We appreciate you spending your time with us, listening to the radio show, and those that text into the Thornton Sex line, 502-414-1450. We're going to hear from you this hour. Uh, Roush, where do you want to start? Any quick hitters like we normally do with hour number two, or should we just dive right in? Um, we should mention that basketball practice is underway. I don't think we did yesterday. Um, yeah, UK with a really cool video for that. I've retweeted it yesterday or whenever that was. Uh, but yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. The the picture of Cal with the guys with their shirts off was a little weird. Uh, yeah, no. Oh, if it was if it was the football team, you'd be you'd be loving it. It just. <laughs> It wasn't, uh, yeah, you know me, just trying to divide the fan base. I just, uh, I thought it was just Cal, like, I don't know. Well, they're something. looking good. They're looking good. Well, and- they are. They certainly are. Although I did, I felt so bad. I, I couldn't, I did not recognize Antonio Reeves again. Like, it's just like the Bahamas. I completely dumped that out of my brain a month ago. It was only like a month ago, too. What, what's wrong with me? Yeah, it's all right, buddy. You'll, you'll, you'll get it all back. Uh, I, I, my first thought was one, you know, like okay, they all they all look better. That's good. Way to go, new strength and conditioning coach. What's his name? Brendan Welsh. Uh, yes. All right, Brendan Brady, something like that. Yeah, just want to make sure I'm, I'm getting it right, or or at least close to right, parts in the right spot. Uh, looking good. Brendan Welsh. That was it. There we go. Cal kind of had the look of a guy who hasn't been living in Lexington lately. Like, like he yeah. came back and was like, whoa, look at you guys. You all look amazing. How we all do? Let's get a picture together. We're back. The boys are back in town. Uh, which I know, like, Cal doesn't have to spend his time in Lexington. He's been recruiting. I understand that. Hopefully bringing in 
more great players to the university. But that was my first thought of just like, has Cal not seen these guys in a while? Like, I'm sure this didn't happen, <laughs> I'm sure this didn't happen overnight, but that's fine. Do what you got to do, Calipari. But uh, no, they're looking good. Also, Wheeler had something on his wrist. Hopefully, it's not too severe. <laughs> Nothing, Scoots? Come on, Scoots. Sorry. I, I'm I'm sitting here reading an article about the Marlins pitcher last night. First pitcher since 1900 to balk three times in the same at bat. He got ejected. Well, first and foremost, I'm glad you're, you're staying you're staying focused on the radio show you're producing. Secondly, that's what I think about the Marlins pitcher balking. Three times and one at bat. That's yeah, incredible. Yeah, the last one had to be intentional. It, uh, yeah, I don't know, but it hasn't happened since 1900. Sorry, I got distracted. Severe Wheeler. <laughs> was it too severe? Wheeler. Were those balks box severe? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, you know how people say, like, uh, I don't know what a balk is. Some might use it. It's like porn. You know it when you see it. I don't. I, 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 I just. I know if you fake a pitch, it's a balk, but I... Yeah. yeah, it's basically any motion that a pitcher normally doesn't use in their pitching motion. I'm not, I understand what the rule is, but when it happens and people start freaking out, I'm like, what? what, what, what what's, am I missing something? And everybody's like, oh my gosh, he balked, he balked, you gotta call it up. I, I, I just, I feel like I'm out on the joke every time. This man has had 303 starts and he's never balked. And did so three times in one inning. That's just unheard of. Hmm. That's pretty wild. John Rothstein also had a tweet about UK basketball. He says that his highly placed spies in Lexington, which I, I do wonder who his sources are, could very well just be Calipari. Maybe Beisner. Maybe Beisner, but he's been doing it. He's been having well-placed sources before Beisner was there um, in, the, in the role and the routine that he had. I wasn't happy to see Beisner endorse the almanac no 810 pages who needs 810 pages again i'm sure it's really cool and i'm like we need more college basketball stuff but at what 1300 words on every college team like i don't it's too much tason wallace 78th best player uh antonio reeve not a top 40 transfer a but he says that the overall depth and athleticism on the wing as being the big difference between last season and this one, shots fired at Davion Mintz and Kellen Grady. He says, any member of this quartet, Cason Wallace, C.J. Frederick, Chris Livingston, and Antonio Reeves, could start. Yeah, I'm not buying that. I think it'll be, the first, one. Buying? I think it'll be the first one. You, th- you think it'll be Cason Wallace? Yeah, I mean, Chris Livingston. Oh, okay. At the three. But, but, but it could also be true that any of them could start. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, they yeah. will start. I'm with you uh, there. Um, Rothstein had another tweet that I didn't understand, which, I mean, like that, uh, rinse, repeat. So can you explain this to me? Because I can't tell if he's, like, trying to, like, be a – like, if he's being genuine or if he's being sarcastic here. So Texas is hosting Arkansas. They're doing a charity game October 29th charity exhibition um that that's now a thing and i think kentucky was the one pushing for it because they wanted to do one with western kentucky last year for the tornadoes and it was a big to do and they couldn't um but he quote tweeted that news and said college basketball's preseason is too long 
college basketball's preseason is monotonous. Programs are now essentially regularly operating together 10 and a half months a year. Kudos to Chris Beer and Eric Musselman for getting this done. Others should follow ASAP. So, at first, I thought he was being, like, facetious. Like, it's too long. It's too monotonous. But then he's saying that they're there. Like, others should do it and good job. But, like, I, 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 don't, I don't know what John's doing here. But, yeah, I don't quite understand it either. I don't, I don't follow it. Ten and a half months a year. I mean, that's like every college sport, though. Yeah, I, I, but hey, I'm also, I think we've talked about this on slower summer days where I'm, I, I say do something in the summer. Similar to my idea for like JV football, you could do like seven on seven with colleges, have a little spring, like four game season. Do, do something in like, I, I, first off, I think you should be able to do a trip every year if you want to do it uh, or at least go play exhibition games every year. But like, what if you just had a regional tournament and only the, I don't maybe like the JV version of the teams play it, or you just play whoever the hell you want or whoever wants to play. And you could have like Louisville, Kentucky, just play, have a, have a little summer exhibition. That'd be amazing. Um, I don't know if that's really what Rothstein's talking about or not, but I, I just think we need to have more college sports, not less of it. Well, and especially in the summer, they're together. Like they're they're already operating regularly. To use mm-hmm. the, uh, Rothstein's terms, they're working out every day. They're playing open gyms. Uh, you know, I, I don't know how much the rules have changed where coaches can be involved, but like, why not just make it official games instead of open gyms? Yeah, not not like official official games that count right. on the schedule, but like, why not have games that you put on Get refs TV in that there? People can see. Yeah, you you have the basketball tournament that has become incredibly successful over the years. It's because there's just nothing on. Like Can college I, basketball, if you want to keep if you if you're looking for new innovative ways, the nil era. Oh no, people are going to give their money to the student athletes and not us anymore, which is totally not true. But like if you're looking for new ways to bring in income, well, I got some ideas for you. <laughs> didn't mean to try to cut you off there but when you mentioned tbt i don't know if i ever brought it up on this show best theme music holy moly that 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 just dun, 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 dun. oh yeah oh that synth organ scoots try to try to look up the tbt intro theme music because it is just flame in the fire it is so good see what flame. i can do it, it needs to be like a, a a rejoin for us because it just gets me fired up. It's right up there with round ball rock for me. I freaking love it. The wife and I, like the first game was on, the first TBT game on, and I was just so hungry for anything that like I was waiting for it to come on. And I was on my phone and the wife was on her phone. And I don't know, about like 15 seconds in, we were like, this music is still playing. This is kind of a long intro. And we looked up and we were both just like, jaw dropped watching we were like that was really good i was not anticipating that being as good as it yeah. was that was really enjoyable really kind of had like a a retro nba feel to it it felt like you now. were playing a nba jam or some yeah. mid-90s arcade basketball game yeah scoots you have it i do i'll bring us back from the next break with it how about that oh you're making the people wait for it oh, yeah wow. that's what we call radio tease Oh, all the radio biz here. <laughs> it's a long tease. That's, that's fine. That sounds good to me. Just a text few on, minutes. Text on into the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Uh, the first texter on the 
Thornton's text line says, you don't have to go to SEC Nation long enough to see the incredible Laura Rutledge in person. Boo Roman Harper for his soft takes and ask Paul Feinbaum why he hates Matt so much now. Don't you have to go to SEC Nation long enough to do those things is what the text was mm. saying. It would be kind of fun to boo Roman Harper. <laughs> yeah, I just like again, if it was by my tailgate or I walked past it, I'd probably stop, wave, check it out for five to 15 minutes tops. And then I'd go about, it's just, I don't, I don't want to watch people doing TV. If I wanted to watch TV, I'd be watching on TV. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Now, if, same. I, have a kid, if I have a kid someday that wants to get front row and make a sign and try to get on TV, then hell yeah, we'll get there at 6 a.m. and we'll have a blast doing it. But I don't, that, that's not what's going on. So it's me. I just am not interested in watching SEC Nation or college game day. Um, yeah. Just not, yeah. not, not, yeah. not interested. I'm with you. I'm with you. Another texture on the Thorns text on says, Scoots is also true. Aikman throwing shots at Clowney in a football program on Monday Night Football. I mean, Aikman didn't say anything wrong, in my opinion. Like, it, <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't seen the video, basically he just said it doesn't, take, on him. it doesn't take much to make Indiana's program proud. And that's uh, true. The <laughs> We should probably play it, shouldn't we? Wouldn't that be like the radio professional thing that we do here? Yeah, I'll I'll pull it up real quick. I've got it on my. I've, I'll send it over to you. It's on my Twitter page. I mean, that works even better. You commented oh, on it. Oh yeah, I forgot. Man, real <laughs> embarrassing of you, Scoots. Like you're just you, now you you're not making the Indiana program proud. That's that's true. Yeah, you're right. My friend right. commented said in our little group message when it happened. He was like, "Oh, you got to love seeing IU take a pot shot." And I didn't think anything of it, but then I saw more people talking about it on. On Tuesday, I was like, all right, well, I got to check out what was said. And it was, it, it was pretty funny. Here, here it is. Cowboys hurry it up. Pass a spinning grab by Hendershot. And then up and over, Dane Belton and picking up 10 and making the Indiana Hoosiers football program proud. <laughs> Doesn't take much, does it? That's not fair. That's not That's okay, not Captain, I'm, I'm Captain Bruin over I'm there. I'm sorry. He he over he like couldn't get the joke out without laughing. Yeah. He, he just thought it was so funny that he was saying nice things about Indiana football that he couldn't hold back his laugh. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, it, it, it's like it when we funny. when we have the low hanging fruit joke and you just like it's <laughs> you just have to say it, you know? Uh Jim just tempting Michael Scott, right? Well and the Always and the funny thing is satisfied. The funny thing is, is Joe Buck is an Indiana guy. He's an Indiana grad. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Joe just trying to say something nice about the Hoosiers and just getting dunked on by Aikman. Uh, good, good on you, Troy. Totally well deserved. A texter says Memphis on, and don't forget to mute the station account. Memphis on Friday night is the move. We're hitting Beale Street. The morning drive will stink, but we're going to be so gassed up for the game. It'll make waking up early easier. Oh, I'm still torn. I'm still conflicted. I still, I think I just need somebody to tell me what to, what to do. But as of now, still planning on Oxford Friday night, crappy hotel. I uh, was really hoping to get a better reaction from people saying, oh, yeah, TJ, come on. We got an extra room for you at our amazing Airbnb right off campus. Don't don't even sweat it. Um, didn't happen. That's okay. Did you hit up Drew? 
did not, uh, not, not close enough friends with Drew to say, hey, Drew, I'm staying with you. And remember, it's not Big Blue Drew. Right. Mm. Yes. Did I don't know, know you're in Drew Franklin's relationship. Uh, I, I like Drew a lot. We'll talk when we see each other, and we always have some laughs. But um, I, I don't think we're at the, hey, I'm inviting myself to your Airbnb portion of our <laughs> relationship. So going to going to going to pass on that one. But have you, have you walked in Memphis before? Have you done the Beale Street? Because I, I believe you were at the 17 Elite Eight, right? I was not there. I went to the Final uh, Four that year, but did not go to that Elite Eight game. No, I have not been to Memphis as a 21-year-old. Um, I went to some U of L Liberty Bowls back in the day. Yep, as so, have I. So, but I was like freezing cold of Memphis New Year's. Yeah. I stayed at the Peabody Hotel, which was always a good time. Oh, yes. But no, have not been since I was probably like 10 years old. Gotcha, gotcha. I uh, yeah, and that, that I went to it was Louisville Boise State, and I was 13, something like that. Um, but that's not really going to Memphis. So when people talk about going out to Bill Street, I think I would like it personally because I I, I like that music and um, it it has a kind of old timey charm from my understanding. But I don't know like how much how much is it is like all right we're gonna we're gonna go boozing and we're gonna go partying hard. Like I, I don't I don't know what the scene is on Bill Street. I just know Lonnie Demery, big fan of Memphis. Okay. Well, I like again. I, I that sounds awesome. Going, I wouldn't have to. One, I know I could stay at a nice hotel. Two, I know I could get a nice meal in Memphis. Three, I know that Beale Street would be a lot of fun. But the issue is, you'd be getting up at like six a.m. local time, which is seven a.m. back home, which I'm up by seven every morning anyway. So that's really getting up isn't such a big deal. But they're acting like it's just going to be like. Anywhere near Oxford, getting into the game is just going to be a disaster with the timing. So that's another thing. And then also, if I do plan on coming back on Saturday, which is still the plan, but I could alternate that if need be. If I do plan on coming back Saturday, then that ends up being like nine or ten hours in the car instead of just like the six and a half driving home. So is that, again, I'm so torn a million different ways on it. At the end of the day, I'm going to have fun with whatever I end up deciding to do. So it's not a huge deal. But I, I can just not – normally it's like, hey, I know I can – I'm staying here. It's going to be good. The plan will be do this. That'll be good. We'll get there at this time. It'll be good. I just can't plan this one out. I can't, like, envision the right thing to do. But regardless, I'll have a good time. Um, why don't you go to Rich Brooks's Twitter account and while I tell Justin, um, hey, Scoots, you need to play Tom T. Hall. That's how I got to Memphis at some point this week because that song – like we'll just have to have some Memphis theme songs on. Dude, walk, walking in Memphis. We're yep. not going. You're not going to Memphis though. Regardless, yeah, but it, 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 you have to go through Memphis to get to Oxford. Either way, yeah, so, yeah, you, don't, you don't have to. All right, yeah, guess best. tomorrow's Memphis day. Yeah. Well, I can cry more, baby. Yeah, I mean, it's unbelievable. You're you're going to Oxford, or we're, we're going to play a Memphis themed day. That's ridiculous. I, you know, I, you you were the one who told me to have dinner in Memphis. Yeah, Scoots. What, but you decided not to. If you were stopping decide, in Memphis, if you were stopping that. in Memphis, oh, he's in and the then go at station I, now. <laughs> no, I never said I wasn't going to do the at least maybe a Friday dinner in Memphis. Listen to me. I'm a very conflicted man. Everything's on the table. <laughs> Everything is on the table right now. A texter says, um, "Did you go to Rich Brooks's Twitter account, by the way?" Yeah, the the cabin. No. Yeah, I don't know if he deleted it or not. But oh, he, I thought you were talking about the one he just said. He said, "How would you like to stay in this cabin?" And I, I would like to. Well, the, 
there's another tweet. He says, at the top of Jungfrosch, which is uh, the highest mountain in Switzerland, young guy got with nature in 20 degrees snowing, and there's just a dude naked in black socks uncovering this junk on top of this mountain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can just imagine Rich Brooks whipping his phone out. <laughs> I love I love just having like you know like what Twitter was supposed to be back in like 2010 Roush like I, I love just like tweeting Rich Brook my thoughts on his pictures <laughs> just you know just the way Twitter's meant to be used he's the man looks like he's having fun wow well, him down to the game in Oxford man I would love to sp- spend a day at Keeneland with that guy he just seems like a good time. No, I'd love to play 18 holes with him. That'd be a lot of fun, too. By the way, mm. speaking of all this Memphis talk, one of uh, we money. mentioned it yesterday. They were going to hear back from the IARP. And a slap on the wrist for the Tigers and Finney. <sighs> they have to pay back $5,000, which is a hilariously small sum of money. They're vacating the games James Wiseman played in. And then they got three years probation, I believe. Uh, which is kind of what we were calling for yesterday. Not necessarily with Memphis, but more with Louisville. But with how long these processes have taken, I don't really think you need to punish them moving forward. Um, And that's what they did. So if I was a Louisville fan, I'd feel pretty – the only issue with Louisville, and it's it's the big elephant in the room, is you were repeat offenders. None of these other places were. Yes, they may have done more severe things. But they, you all are the ones that, hey, you weren't supposed to be getting in trouble, and here you were getting in trouble. So that would be the only little hurdle I'd be slightly nervous about if I were a U of L fan. That being said, I like it's definitely not going to be like a two year postseason ban like it could have been when all this stuff broke. Uh, they were talking about potential, you know, Louisville was eligible for the death penalty. Obviously, we knew that that wasn't going to happen. Um, I don't think they'll get a postseason ban at all, would be my guess. But it, it's going to probably be pretty light if if we have if the evidence from these other schools tell us anything, Roush. Only thing that worries me about all of this is that um, really w- worried uh, IARP is just not going to do anything on their way out, which could get our friends at Kansas off the hook. Essentially, well, Kansas, well, North Carolina, they they could both have two of the bigger college basketball scandals in the last 30 years and just completely get away with it. Uh, Now, to make you feel a little bit better, one, they are vacating wins, so that's good. You're seeing that go on at other places. They could vacate plenty of Kansas wins. Two, you're also seeing um, them make a point to say, which, again, Penny was the one. This is why it's like you you probably are more right, Roush. They're, they're making a point of, we just want the people that were in the wrong to be in the wrong, and we don't want to try to punish innocent people, blah, blah, blah. Well, Penny was totally involved in that, and he didn't even get suspended. So Bill Self, very much involved in it and kind of fought it too. So you'd hope maybe he'd get in trouble, but if Penny didn't, then you're right. Maybe Bill won't. Mm, I just really... But I do think they vacate the wins regardless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's It's just so frustrating that... Like Kentucky got their big stink on them, and it's like, why? Why can't I guess we make our North Carolina jokes, but they don't. They aren't just known as cheaters, which I think they need. Like Bill Self needs to be widely regarded as a cheater that wears a toupee, because he is. That's who he is. You are who you are. Well, again, hopefully they'll have the, the they'll get the vacated wins, and 
then Kentucky will be back in first, which, you know, maybe it was a good thing in the long run to let Kansas, because then you get to celebrate it again once you once you get the lead back. So um, I do think they'll have vacated wins. Uh, yeah, postseason ban, stuff like that. It doesn't seem like they're going that route. Probably the right way to go, especially when these, uh, at least Louisville, has been in a purgatory for four years trying to figure out what their punishments were going to be. But mm-hmm. it, it seems like a softer ruling, but, and it's not directly from the NCAA. Maybe that's why the NCAA scratched the IARP. Maybe they're like, oh, too, not enough hell and brimstone. We're, 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 coming, we're coming back to, to, to be in charge again. All right, let's go to our last break. We'll come back. Maybe there's a surprise for you. Uh, coming from Scoots, you just have to be patient. This Maybe is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. Let's roll another joint and turn the radio loud. I'm too long to be proud. And you don't know how it feels. You don't know Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. We got no food. We got no jobs. Our pets' heads are falling off! Welcome back. One final segment, Kentucky Roll Call. That didn't sound like the basketball tournament intro. Yeah, about that. I heard it before. That didn't sound like it. (laughs) I can't find it. You sure you got the right one? If you can find it, you send it over to me because that thing is impossible to find. I type in the basketball tournament, it brings up March Madness theme. I type in TBT, it brings up Throwback Thursday stuff. It's impossible. That's why we you're the best producer in the biz because you can find stuff like this. No, not today. I couldn't. You were so certain it was going to be no problem. I'm so frustrated. Well, there was an in, there's a video that pops up. The first one I played to you all during the break. And it's literally called TBT intro. And you said that wasn't it. So I don't know. Yeah. Um, I also can't find it. I'm, <laughs> I thought the easiest thing to do would be just to go to the basketball. The issue is, as Roush pointed out during the break, is anytime you look for TBT, it's throwback Thursday. Yeah, so exactly. You find TBT. So you can't look like TBT theme or TBT intro because then you get a million different things that pop up. I went to their YouTube page and I was like, well, certainly they're going to have their theme song and intro somewhere there. Maybe they do, but I don't, I don't see it off the. Sure. Yeah. You know, you could probably, they'd probably see more clearly if they had on Shady Rays. Oh, love Shady Rays. Yeah. Yeah. I do too. I'm a big fan. I've got a couple of pair. It's nice to alternate in and out. Really just. Add some swagger to my step. Adds a little extra pep in my step. I'm sure TJ will be rocking a pair down at Ole Miss. And the good thing is about Shady Rays too, TJ, if you lose them down there, they're not gone forever. You can get a replacement pair. It's really simple, really easy. You just got to pay a small processing fee, and they will hook you back up. Um, and you're saving money, too, when you use promo code Big X at checkout. Great, stylish, polarized glasses. Kentucky Proud product. And uh, they're donating meals, too, whenever you, you buy a pair of Shady Rays. So check them out today. ShadyRays.com, promo code BIGX at checkout. There you have it. We love Shady Rays. I will be rocking them down in Oxford. And I may even have to, if you see me down there, may have something to give away. So uh, not that I'll be, like, going around to people's tailgates just passing out Shady Rays. But you never know. You never know. I, I stay I stay loaded. 
Uh, also, shout out to my wife for bringing me some breakfast this morning. Wow, what a wife. Mm-hmm. A little breakfast sandwich. So very exciting stuff. Uh, and my dog is under the impression he'll be getting some of it. <laughs> you will not. Oh, be. man. What an idiot. You will not be. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, let's keep on going with the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. A texter says, if Gonzaga was in the Pac-12, it'd be more difficult for them to get a top-four seed in the West since you can only have one team from your conference as a top-four seed in any region. As it stands, they're basically guaranteed to stay out West. Yeah, they've got a, they've got a sweet deal. How many times like, has the Pac-12 been a one seed, though? You know? Once you were able to just kind of prove that you can compete for national championships and get great players out there, then who – I mean, really, who cares? Like, you could probably get more money being in a bigger conference, but the Pac-12 is probably going the way of the Dodo Bird, and you also – you don't need them. You can still get Kentucky to come out to you. You can still get good programs to come out and play you. They're, they really do have a perfect setup. My my big thing, it's I'm more, I get more angered because about the, like they're better, they are better than every team in the Pac-12, correct? And they can beat any one of those Pac-12 teams. But the problem is, is the grind of playing consistently average to above average teams, it eventually just gets you. Even if you are a better team. In college basketball, there's going to be an off night, and a team that you have has superior has inferior talent is just going to win, and that's the part that frustrates me because that's that to me that grind is the hardest part about college basketball. It's just being consistent, and they never get their consistency tested, and that's why they're never able to win six games in a row in March because they're a bunch of losers. So you know what? Keep playing in your crappy conference, Gonzaga, and you're never going to win a national title. That's your own damn fault, you bunch of losers. I do think that is the trade-off, is like playing popcorn poop state for two months in a row and then going in and having to play the big boys. I don't think that helps them. But they've they've been to national championship games. They've been to uh, they've been to two final fours. So like it obviously they can they can go into March and be fine. Uh, but they haven't been able to win the big one yet. And many people are wondering, can Mark Few win the big one? Is he a modern-day Dan McDonald? Ooh, many people are saying. Is he the male version of a Jeff Walsh? <laughs> Wait, Jeff Ma- Walsh is bat- in the male? Basket- bat- male men's basketball. <laughs> a texter on the Thornton's text line says, Jeff if you Walsh probably at- has more Final Fours, though, right? Mm, yeah, I think by one. Yeah. I mean, it's not ha- hard to have more than two. I mean, that's like, what? Cal had two and three years well indiana hasn't been to a final four though Whew, long time carry the one louisville too you gotta take years. away a couple of them so that's been sheesh. five for the cards yeah yeah sheesh that's a big one if you look at the qb collective instagram page there are quite a few familiar names yeah and um that's that's what uh rich gangarello that's who he works for dju is one of those players uh, Bachmeyer is. I wouldn't want. I wouldn't want uh, Uga Unlele at UK. Like I think UK can do better than him. Yeah, I also think that like that wouldn't be that bad though. Um, yeah. It's only because we've seen him really bad. Uh, but there are like he's probably going to get drafted. 
So you could have another quarterback that gets drafted, especially if you can church him up a little bit. And who knows? Uh, maybe he does better like, in the offense. Maybe he could be, but it's not like Clemson hasn't had weapons. It's he, or good pieces. I, I, I feel like you just don't go on. I feel like you just don't want him because you can't say his name. Uh, I can say his name if I hear it correctly, and uh, it's, it has nothing to do with somebody's name. Uwe Ungolale. Um, yeah, Uwe Ungolale. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. The, uh, I think that I would disagree with you about having good pieces, though, because his offensive line, uh, they make Kentucky's – like, they look like a freshman team compared to Kentucky's, and they've had – like, their running game has been putrid. Um, yeah, but they're – A little bit better this year, thanks, because they have gotten better in the running game. But I think – I mean, they're – Clemson has more talent than Kentucky does. It doesn't mean the offensive line has been better. doesn't mean that the running backs are better, but across the board, he, he's just, he's looked nothing but underwhelming for the most part. So <sighs> I don't, it, taking that, if you took somebody that kind of did what he did at a small school, it'd be one thing. Clemson is the top program in the ACC and Clemson fans wouldn't be heartbroken if he left. So I think that tells you more of what you need to know. And, and I will, I mean, but shoot another foot. He, I mean, they could win the ACC this year. He could have a nine game, or excuse me, a 10 win season on his resume. Like his resume would be pretty decent. It would be probably better than most transfer portal quarterbacks. Oh, yeah. If, I, that I, agree, versus, I agree with you there. Like, because really, which, you're going to have a guy with some known flaws versus an unknown quantity that could end up being much worse. Like one of the guys that Alex from Koga mentioned, uh, Brock Vandergriff from Georgia is on there. So, you know, you can be taking a risk on an unknown or you kind of know you have the known quantity where it's not the best, but who knows, maybe being in a different offense and having to change your pace could be refreshing. Yeah. It, it, no way to know unless it happens and it plays out, but he would certainly be a heck of a lot more proven than even a Will Levis. He'd be more proven than a Terry Wilson coming in. It's mm-hmm. just, I, I think it does just go to show kind of the, the elevation of the program, even in the last several years, where I'm like, don't take the Clemson guy who's been good, but maybe not great. It's a, it's a good problem to have. I, I, do, um, I do think that this, the, the general line of thinking that you're stating, though, is the same reason why we all knew that Spencer Rattler in South Carolina would stink this year, though. It's like, if you can't be awesome against ACC defenses, what makes you me think that you can be exactly. awesome against SEC defenses? Yeah, that's a really so, good point. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, good, it's never a good thing. Hold on, real quick. It's never a good thing in a back and forth where Roush, you're having your your the best point against you is one that you made yourself. Yeah. So yeah. I got yeah. to do I got to do a little bit better job in our back mm-hmm. and forth. Step it up, buddy. What do you got? By the way, did y'all see South Carolina moved their game to tomorrow night. Yeah, which. If, it, if they had if they had a competent coaching staff, then I'd be like, damn it, they get two extra days to prepare for Kentucky. But um, they don't. They don't have competent coaches. That Marcus Satterfield, uh, their offensive coordinator, he's no kin to Scott Satterfield, but he's just as bad as him. So I, I'm not too worried about that. I know they are moving quite a few games around. Florida is going to be playing Sunday morning against their FCS team. Uh, they're playing like Sunday at noon instead of Saturday. And I, there was some other movement too, Scoots, but I don't. Um, can't recall off the top of my head. I think some of those games are still up in the air, um, thanks to Hurricane Eat. So we'll keep an eye on it, though. Another texture brings up some of those names. It's just a joke, Nick. I know Matt wasn't reporting that. Stand down. I, well, it's hard for sarcasm to come through sometimes. 
um, in the text line. Like this, this I could pick up the sarcasm here. Luckett reporting that Jackson Dart will throw multiple picks on Saturday. Really good news. What does Luckett always talk about? The soft eight. That's what it's called. <laughs> A texter says Dave O'Neill wrote negative article about Cal. I'm shocked. Oh, was it her turn? Was it her turn to do something negative on Cal? In it the was a whole national media. It was a whole big thing about Cal leaving Memphis, but I don't know um, if it was new or Cal was just doing the Big J thing where you share a story from like twelve months ago. Um, hold up, let me let me try to Google it better. Um, what did what did what did people even Memphis fans? What did they want Calipari to do? Not say no to a job that pays him like three times as much, two times as much, and is a significantly better job so he could see out NCAA issues at his program? Is that honestly what Dane O'Neill would have suggested Calipari do in that situation? Kentucky, sorry, I'd love to take the job, but Memphis is in trouble. I need to I need to see their see them through this probation period and then and then I'll take the job. Yeah, I don't I, I think maybe some of the point was just talking about how crazy Memphis fans were when it happened. But oh no, she wrote it this week, which yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't I, I'm not sure what the angle is, but she wrote it this week just about how crazy it was. And it, and it yeah, was I, crazy. I mean, but I, still but, with those people, Dan O'Neill, Pat Forty, I, I have no interest in reading their garbage. Uh, they're they're incredibly biased. They're really not what journalism is supposed to be. Now they can have opinion pieces and they can dislike people. I'm fine with that. But and and more people every day, I think, ca- catch on to how big of a fraud Pat Forty is. So all that's good news. So not interested in Dan O'Neill's <laughs> athletic pieces. There's a dude who used to play football at uh, LSU that I met briefly at the bar at SEC Media Days, and he does radio in Louisiana with Jacob Hester now. And his name's T-Bob, T-Bob Herbert, and it might be pronounced A-Bear because, you know, Louisiana. But T-Bob is a psycho, and I just – I love the energy. He's screaming. I mean, he is just – he. if you think I'm extra, this dude is a character. And he was was doing some sort of live uh, live stream uh, watching football games. It was just like – it wasn't on air. It was on like a YouTube, and he's just like "f you, Pat 40. <laughs> he tweeted it out recently. It's so funny, but I do love like at least forty. Forty's just a jerk to everyone. Whereas like Dana O'Neill, I only hear about her when she crawls out of her cave to like write a hit piece on Cal. You know, like at least forty is equal opportunity in his trolling. Whereas like Dana O'Neill just exclusively loves to to crap on Cal. And I, I, I do think that sometimes as Kentucky fans, we get jaded as like, why are they only talking about us? Uh, Cal uh, Forty is at least an equal opportunity hater. He, well, yeah, because he's just a loser uh, is the is the biggest reason why that is. I, your, your point is correct, though. Uh, but that's another thing is that, like, I don't want UK fans just to be blind homers or butt slappers. That's how you get into a Rick Pitino at UofL situation that doesn't work out well for anybody involved. I, I think it's good to be critical of Calipari. I think it's good to uh, – now, you know, obviously there are too many Kentucky fans that take it over the line, but that's one thing that's interesting. It's an interesting dynamic to the UK fan base is that 
like UK coaches will get it from their own fans, but in the world of basketball, all of national media is pretty much against you with like John Rothstein's a national guy that likes UK. Mike DeCourcy is a national guy that likes UK. Ooh, probably, Bobby Regan, national guy. That's true. But like his biases are very well known. So you, you almost <laughs> exclude him. Yeah. Torres. Jerry Paris, a Calipari hater. Yeah, he's not he's he's not he's not as bad as some of the other ones, but no, he he's he's not a fan. So it's there like there is also like the, I think our whole the reason why we crap on field of sixty eight is because it's like okay, here's the one like they're really trying to push college basketball forward, unlike most other outlets. Uh-huh. Um, but they just they've done such a hack job of it. It's just yeah, it's a it's a, a merry go round of bozos that all hate Calipari. It's it's like we love like you in Kentucky should be attached at the hip. You all are making an almanac that Kentucky fans would normally drool over, but instead you all are such goobers. We can't. We, no, thank you. Also, all of those college basketball media are so freaking soft. My God, you all act like when Kentucky fans come at you that it's the end of the freaking world. Come into the college football ring for a minute and get those idiots from Knoxville and you mentioned, you cowards. You act like this is so, oh my God, Kentucky fans got mad at me for saying. Mark Titus acts like he has to walk on pins and needles around him. Mark, you do not have it that difficult in your cush California lifestyle. Get back and start grinding. Get back here in the Midwest where it actually is hard and you got to deal with a bunch of people who actually have some passion. Oh, heaven forbid people care about your sport that they get mad at you for your takes. Who cares? Deal with it. God, it drives me nuts. Love it. The texter says, and our, uh, I, I was like, what did Dana O'Neill say? And the texter says, an article how he left Memphis includes a line about Cal being like the Grinch slithering away from a Christmas tree, leaving behind the NCAA scandal. <laughs> How do you cry more, Dana? Just go ahead and cry more. Yeah, uh, a huge uh, scandal the, the, that like all, all, what, 15 yeah. years ago almost. Yeah. Cowards. Freaking losers. Kirby. There are a lot of things I disagree with Roush on politics, COVID, etc. But one thing I do vibe with Roush is not paying full price or anything. Only suckers pay full price. There's always a promo code or workaround. Hashtag common ground. I'm right there with you, Kirby. There's always a way around. Yeah, Kirby, I I, I don't mind it here and there, but like you know, sometimes the good, hardworking people uh, need to to be rewarded with full price, not Wait. sneaking in booze or sneaking in past admissions sometimes you just you know it's best to for the economy oh that's what it is mm-hmm. to not have money in your pocket is good for the economy to give money to other to others <laughs> uh, another texture sending a screenshot of the guys rich king is connected with all alumni of quarterback school the quarterback collective in california where he helps some of these guys just something to look at and think about and uh, we, we've mentioned some of those guys before. So appreciate you all doing the research for us. Uh, hey, fellas, Reverend Bellbrook here. If you had to predict one of the following stat lines for UK Ole Miss, which one would you choose? Rodriguez rushes for 125. Will Levis throws for 300. The defense forces multiple turnovers. Personally, I think we will force multiple turnovers because Dart isn't known to be a high-volume passer, and Kentucky's defense will be the toughest competition he's played thus far. Y'all have a wondrous Wednesday. TJ, I think like if you were going to give me another individual stat for Ole Miss and it was like, 
or it was just Ole Miss rushing yards. I would take the under on Ole Miss rushing yards as the individual stat I want the most to happen because that you know that means you're forcing Dart to do stuff. But just in speaking in general, turnover margins in college football. If you're winning that, there's a good chance you're winning the football game, especially on the road. I, out of those, Brad, I, I would take turnovers as the yeah. most likely thing to happen. Um, I'm, I, I don't like. I, I think Rodriguez could find the end zone. I think he could make a couple nice plays. I just don't know if they're going to give him enough carries to to get 125 yards. Will Levis, I think, could definitely throw for over 300 yards, especially depending on how the game shakes out. If Kentucky finds themselves behind, you know they're going to be throwing more. So I, I would rank them as. Turnovers, most likely. Levis, 300 yards, second most likely. And then the least likely, Rodriguez, over 125 yards. Yeah, and and that's just from a rust aspect. Mm-hmm. That's from a, uh, you know, how, how much are they even going to want to run the football? Now, if you do take away the sack yardage, Kentucky has been running for about that much a game. And uh, I'm with Lucky. It's so stupid that. Like the NFL, they take away sack yardage from the passing stats, which you should because it's a passing play. I don't know why they do it in the run game in college. It's very dumb. But that's about what Kentucky's been running a game is about 125 yards. For one guy to get all of that in his first game back, I, I just I might be asking for a lot. Yeah, it is. No doubt about it. Scuttlebutt about Deion Sanders being the next head coach at Georgia Tech. Thoughts on that? No Didn't shot. Mention that yesterday or no? Uh, we just mentioned that he's up for a bunch of jobs, I think. And I was just like, well, yeah. And he's going to be up for all of them, but it's just a matter of does he want them? Like, it's it's totally a Dion thing. Yeah. Heart of Dixie, also very terrible show with worse acting. Oh, that, 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 I think that was one of those, uh, ABC Family or whatever they call that station now, uh, shows. And that, the, so, like, those shows are where we got that famous uh, clip that went viral of the actor that was trying to play quarterback, and he had the worst throwing motion. Like, it, it, it looked like somebody who had never – it looked like somebody who's right-handed trying to throw a left-handed football for the first time. It was so bad. Another texture says, if the game at Ole Miss becomes a battle of attrition, I like Kentucky's chances. The front defensive seven is very deep and should be fresh in the fourth quarter, and Kentucky has already come out in a top, on top in a similar game in the Swamp. Ole Miss hasn't been tested yet, and it will show. Yeah, the only way I would push back is, you know how Ole Miss does tempo, and then they'll, they'll try to get defensive linemen stuck out of there on the field uh, at any given moment? you that that's going to happen, right? Like there's going to be certain points in the game where they just go tempo and you can't sub and you've got defensive Kentucky defensive linemen who are barely getting their hand in the dirt by the time the ball is snapped. So yeah, probably some gas people. You're going to probably come down some, with some cramps in that Mississippi heat. Oh yeah. Lots of, lots of cramps. It's going to be, people are going to boo. People are going to, a lot cry. of injuries. Yeah. Was that Lucy or baby Yoda says one texter. That was actually, Baby Yoda. Gragu, as she likes to be called. <laughs> Heading down to Memphis on Thursday in time to catch the Bengals game and see what all of Beale Street has to offer. Might grab some breakfast in Memphis on Friday morning, then invading Oxford Friday afternoon. Haven't been this excited for a game weekend in a long time. Please don't let me down, cats. I will say that is one of the nice things, is that like if Kentucky were to lose Roush, Huge season still Implied, on the horizon. Yeah. You, you, it, does, it really 
wouldn't change a whole lot. Now, yeah, it just puts you, – you don't get as much wiggle room with Tennessee, but correct. there's so much juice to that rivalry, you're going to be disappointed in a loss regardless. Um, but it – And then it'll make that Tennessee game like, hey, either really, really memorable season or mm-hmm. good season. Yeah. And, it, and it'll, put the, it'll put the pressure on that game. You're right. Where you could – if you beat Ole Miss, you take care of business at home, that Tennessee game is you lose – Really, really, really good season. Still, still right there for the taking. Or it's like best season of all time. Well, so. And if you win this game too, I mean, you're just going to end up in the top five at some point. And like the it's it's so much fun to have. Like ESPN just wrote like uh, ten thousand words about how awesome Mark Stoops and Kentucky football is. Like that, it's fun, and you get to hang around in this conversation a lot longer while beating up on South Carolina. You know, like so that that that's what would make. The the momentum, everything feels much bigger um, if, if you can keep this train rolling down the tracks a little bit longer with an undefeated start. Choo-choo. John here. Good morning to all. Glad to hear you guys this morning after the night I had. Man, I can't wait for the game this weekend. And plus, deer hunting season starts. This is going to be awesome. I just got to feel I, – I just got this feel. Chris Rodriguez is, the, is going to be a beast. I can't wait to see some prop bets for the running game for the Cats because I'm grabbing money from the banana stand, so suck it, Ole Miss. Okay, tell me over under 101 yards for Rodriguez. I believe over. We'll got to go talk to you later. I'm going under. I just I think he will do some nice things. I, I would probably guess he has under 90 yards. I, too, am going under. I, you know what? And I, I think I might go over, so I think there will be some sweet spot between 90 and a buck 25 for him. And I think Kentucky might run the ball more than we would like, simply simply because they're going to want to give that defense. Like Stoops is going to be like, "Hey, just hold on the ball for like let, let these guys catch them there. We need we need this defense to get fresh." That's a good point. I just we got to remember what we've seen from the offensive line up to this point. I get it. We haven't had Rodriguez yet, but two, I. I also don't know how much he's going to – I feel like I'm playing the odds saying under. You all are being a little riskier saying over. But if, if it's I over, under. I, I'm talking about John and Roush. Oh, I got you. If, if it is over, I bet uh, Kentucky probably wins. Scoots literally yesterday went on a rant about being the best employee at any job he's at, and then he isn't even paying attention to reading about some dumb baseball topic. <laughs> Sheesh. Yeah, that was that was my bad on that. I can't be the best employee every day, you know. Mm, give me a break. <laughs> TJ, I have advice. Make the trip. Avoid North and South Memphis. I thought South Memphis was where all the rich folks lived. I love North and South. It's like, well, how, how much is left? Yeah, I thought it, it, West Memphis than... is just Arkansas. Yeah. And then, yeah, okay, whatever. Central and East. Yeah. Went to the UK Ole Miss game back in 2010. It was 11 a kickoff as well. Staying in Memphis is the way to go. Drive to Oxford isn't bad at all, even with a hangover. I'd say do the Memphis thing. Oh, great. Great. Just what I needed. Now maybe a change of plans for me. <laughs> they're just they're putting you in a pretzel, TJ. I'm already in a pretzel. I'm just getting more knotted. Good morning, my friends. Alex from Colga here. I was listening to Josh Pate last night folding laundry after I finished the KRC podcast, of course. That's what we like to hear, Alex from Colga. And he mentioned a bet that I that sounds tempting. The total points for the Clemson-NC State game is 40 with a hurricane coming through. 
if that game stays on Saturday, the under feels safe. Am I crazy? Dumb? Bofa? I'll be back in the Commonwealth this weekend in Owensboro and might sneak over to the Ohio to make a few bets. Need all the locks, please. Well, join us on Friday for our Lock of the Week segment. Yeah. That's um, like a good one. I might like it regardless just because if NC State is going to make this a game at all, it's got to be um, it's it's got to be a lower scoring game. So, a texter says, "Scoots, head to Oxford this weekend and find yourself a fine twenty-year-old at the Grove. Time to get out there and take a chance. Bet on yourself, Scooter Dingus." Plumley, bro, that goes that goes against our nine eleven rule. If they can't tell you where they were on nine eleven, they're out. Imagine though a world, TJ, where Scoots just convinces this young girl that he's like uh, a rich older guy and he can be her sugar daddy, but she doesn't know the like concept of like money in the fact that like scoots can just buy drinks or something and she just thinks he's loaded right like he can do some <laughs> bare minimum things and she just thinks he's loaded and he can tell her and be 100 percent honest like yeah i got my money in the lottery you know yeah i won the lottery only problem is i look like i'm 22 <sighs> who told you that <laughs> <laughs> Oh, a texture says, uh, does Dana O'Neill work for KSR? That's a good one. Oh, here we go. That's a good one. All right, everybody have a great Wednesday. Thanks for all the texts of the show. You, you all are the best. Um, anything else, Roush? Uh, let's roll and let's call. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big Xbox oh. Radio. We'll be back tomorrow. Oh, yeah. We'll see you then. The sun. I'm a joker, I'm a smoker, I'm a midnight toker. I give my love in a